Hello and welcome back to another Invest Podcast episode. I'm Isaac and I'll be the host today. Essentially, uh, this is an Invest Medical Podcast episode. It's been some time since I've recorded one. I've started my internship. I've just passed my midterms. Um, so starting life as a junior doctor has been a challenge, um, but I'm on upper GI surgery. So I wanted to do a few podcast episodes of some of the sort of presentations I've learned from upper GI surgery and from general surgery, I guess, as a whole. So the first general surgery presentation is a very common one and what I'll be discussing today, which is appendicitis. Um, so for those that are going through medical school or internship, sort of recognizing appendicitis is important going through, I guess, and having some differentials of what you know the presenting complaint could be and narrowing down to appendicitis, I guess, um, the workup for appendicitis, what are the key things that you should do um, for someone who, when that, when a suspected appendicitis, ultimately becomes a surgical patient. So that's what we're going to talk through first of all. So the first thing is to break down this word appendix um, and appendicitis, right? So what's the appendix? So we can think of it as um, a small part of the bowel um, that is like a finger or tube-like projection um, where the large and small intestines meet. Um, so what can happen is that that aspect, this anatomical structure, um, can become inflamed. Um, ultimately, that can lead to infection or it can lead to uh, perforation, which can lead to peritonitis. Um, so that's sort of what it is. It's this inflammation of the appendix. Um, and what you have is this, this small finger-like projection having increased pressure within this lumen, pressing on um, nearby structures and, I guess, influencing um, your visceral nerve fibers, um, which is going to go into our presenting complaint, which is pain. Often you're going to see this sharp pain in the lower uh, right abdomen, the right sort of inferior um, pain. And I guess the learning point here is that that's often sort of generalized. It can go to generalized and then go to specific, and that's to do with those visceral pain fibers. Um, and the specific point um, is two thirds between the navel and the ASIS, which is McBurney's point. Um, so it's probably better to say that in the diagram. We have that sort of McBurney's point um, pain at that site. And then other sort of clinical features, presentation other than pain um, is loss of appetite, uh, fever. Um, you can have abdominal swelling, you can have constipation, diarrhea. Um, so they're all things that, that sort of, I guess, are very general. Um, you might have some, you might have some fevers, um, might feel warm, um, and have some other features of, you know, I guess, pain on certain movements, which I can discuss earlier. Some some of the signs you can use uh, to elicit um, if you think it's a, it's a pain uh, that in that in that appendix, that being obturator sign. Um, you guys, it's probably better to look at a diagram, to be honest, but obturator sign uh, is one of them. So I guess how, how it happens, and I've kind of realized that on gen, general surgery, you have to explain in simple terms to the patient how this happened because one day they're sort of going okay and the next day they're in this really big pain. So the, the easiest way I've sort of come up to explain it, again, check your guidelines to see the best way maybe, um, is... The appendix becomes blocked uh, often by some stool or a foreign body or maybe in some very rare cases a cancer or a neoplasm um, but often it just becomes blocked and this blockage can form an infection um, so you get that stasis of the stool um, or you could have bacteria growth in there in there 
And what that happens, what happens is the appendix swells um, and you know there's an inflammatory response. Um, so what happens during this blockage is that you can lead to increased pressure, as I said earlier, reduced blood flow, inflammation. Um, and then I guess the sequelae of events is that the appendix can rupture and that can cause you know perforated appendix, um, which is which is quite severe. So when sort of working someone up, the first thing obviously is your physical exam, history and physical exam, often that onset of pain, considering the epidemiological features, you know, often the age group that we're thinking of is sort of in that young age group. I think the peak incidence is about 10 to 19 years of age. I should um, double double fact check myself on that. Um, but they're probably the, the peak sort of era of um, incidence for appendicitis. And then, um, then you're going to, to blood test. So you're going to look at inflammatory markers, white cell count, um, CRP, probably the two things I can think of that, you know, often the first that we um, we look at. Um, then you can also do other tests to rule out. So usually in um, a lot of populations, you'll do a urine, um, sort of a urine test, a urine MCS or a urine dipsy, just to rule out, you know, a urine tract infection or kidney stones or something in that area. And of course, uh, any female of childbearing age should have a beta HCG um, so that you're, you know, willing to have pregnancy. Um, and then an ultrasound, often ultrasounds I've seen in, in sort of the pediatric um, population. So, yeah, I think I think that's really, really important just broadly to set up. And then once you've done ultrasound, other imaging you could do is um, a CT scan, often probably not, it's more clinical diagnosis and ultrasound if you're going to do any, but... Um, if you if you're trying to sort of rule that between so um yeah in terms of i guess other aspects of the of the workup um on that physical once you've got that physical exam looking at a risk stratification tool now there's a couple risk stratification tools to look at so i think i think in in medicine and for medicines or you know whatever stage you're at it's great to have these tools on md calc or just knowing them off the top of your head. Um, there's the Alvaradro score, there's the RIFT study. Um, and all of these, I guess, are grading or scoring of suspicion of appendicitis um, or likelihood of appendicitis. And these are things that um, you can you can do for a lot of different presentations, this finer calculation um, score. So the Alvaradro, probably mispronouncing it, score is the one that I sort of learned in. Um, in med school, you, there's also the pediatric appendicitis score. Um, there's the RIF score, I believe, or the RIF study, which which gave a score, um, which also um, is yeah is the RIF calculator. I've just which is the evaluation of appendicitis risk um, in in adults. So there's a few different risk stratification tools, so you can use those. I recommend you look those up because that can help with not only remembering what are the clinical features or the things you're looking for, but also really useful if maybe you're in a setting where you're like not sure or kind of leaning either or way. Um, so they're, they're really important. Now, in terms of the management, I'm going to talk really broadly here because you should always follow your local guidelines of management. Of course, you know, if, you're, if you're on a general surgery team, then these are the broad things you'll do, but if you're not, then you should consult your general surgery team or relevant surgery team. Um, so the first thing is you, you want to keep the patient fasted, right? So you want to ask what's the time of the last meal because you might be looking at an operation. So you need to sort of go down that and you start with 
IV fluids. You want to keep them well hydrated, um, some analgesia for the pain. Um, so looking at what what would be sort of indicated in that population group. Uh, maybe they need some anti-nausea medications if they're having a lot of nausea. Um, and then moving on to some things you can do. So, you know, always considering, do we need to have surgeries? Is this a, I guess, you're trying, trying to define, are we in this non-perforated or perforated space? What what path do we need to go down? Um, and can we treat it conservatively? So there's the conservative management, which is, you know, some... Um, uh, sort of antibiotics, fluids, um, and monitor versus do we need to go to surgery and have this surgical removal um, of, of the appendix or an appendectomy? Um, so, yeah, uh, or appendicectomy. Actually, it's appendicectomy. I've been corrected on this a couple of times. Apparently, appendectomy is American. Appendicectomy is the Australian way of saying it or the UK version. So I've been corrected on that. So I should use it correctly here. Um, so yeah, just considering those those things are part of the management um, there. So yeah, and and those those um, that decision as well can be factored into the Alvarado score or the risk stratification score as well. Obviously, how clinically unwell um, the patient is as well. So um, during during the procedure, if they are having a pesendectomy, um, the histopathology can be taken. So the sample can be t taken and it can be looked under a microscope. And I guess I um, I did hear one surgeon say to me that the only time we truly know um, it's an appendix or an appendicitis is when we get the histopath back. Um, but I guess obviously it's a clinical diagnosis and you, you go through this, but I guess that really confirms it when you get it back. So I thought that was really interesting that um, the role of histopath and that really does is, is really important. So yeah. Um, I guess that's an overall um, summary of appendicitis. I think that was it was very brief, but maybe it's just a few points that I'll reiterate. Um, so, of course, when we're learning about this, and my disclaimer is that we're all we're all learning, we're all going through this learning um, process, um, is to sort of have that structure. So, what what is it? How does it present? So what is it? It's the inflammation of the appendix. How does it present? You need to know those classical McBurney's points and those other aspects of the history that could come up. Um, and the how does it happen, which I've sort of seen that I had to sort of, I've had to explain that, how how it happens. Um, we're talking about that blockage, that luminal blockage and that pressure that, that builds up. And, um, and then your investigation and workup, knowing the workflow from physical exam, blood tests, urine and imaging, from there and then your management obviously there are surgical patients so mostly surgical patient um, whether that's being treated conservatively or operatively you need to go down that path and, and treat them accordingly and of course um, my takeaway from this is having risk management or risk stratification tools is really important uh, because that ultimately allows I guess you do it if you're studying, I guess, memorize or remember some of the key clinical features and workup, but also has a tool that you can use um, when you're trying to differentiate or having what's your level of suspicion. So yeah, that, that was a very brief, quick overview, um, but I hope it was helpful and um, you picked up a few things um, wherever you are. So yeah, I'm really excited to start making some more podcast episodes. I often say that, but past few weeks, I've just been trying to settle in. Um, and get used to it and, and really be able to talk on on these topics and and I guess share on what things I get to see day to day. Um, and this is something I've seen quite often. So it's it's been good. All right. Well, I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for joining me.